0: Welcome to the Gifters Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Online Program, which teaches you how to turn your story into a successful speaking and online coaching business. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Henry Stewart. He's the founder and chief happiness officer of Happy Limited, as well as the author of Happy Manifesto. He helps people create happy workplaces. Henry, welcome to our podcast.
1: Thank you. Delighted to be here.
0: So I'm fascinated by your work, Henry. Years and years ago, not too long ago, frankly, they would study depression and anxiety and fear. But when we talked about happiness, people almost like made it a joke out of it, which is unfortunate because if they can study depression, why couldn't they study happiness? Now, when I look at your profile, you've been doing this for 30 plus years. So you clearly are a pioneer. <laughs> it's one thing to do it now in terms of promoting happiness because it's based on science. But I'm curious, what gave you that courage to say, you know what, 30 plus years ago, you are a pioneer. You were a pioneer. How did you share this experience of being this happiness person? Because again, now everyone knows about it, but in the 80s, they didn't. So what gave you that that that, chutzpah, that courage to, to start your company at that time?
1: Well, it was working in a really unhappy workplace. Um, it was an organization I have to admit I helped set up. And we create an environment where nobody could perform well. You know, such was the backbiting and infighting and these kinds of things. So, I in 1987, I decided to set up a company that would be a great place to work as well as living great service. Um, and that's been my journey over the years.
0: So, talk to us because it's always the beginning part. It's the most challenging. I, I wrote a, an Instagram blog at one point. I said, "Why I drove 697 miles to give a free speech." And in the early days of anything, whether you're a speaking career or writing a book or creating a company, I really want to help our listeners understand how they can be like you, Henry. So what were some of the things? I mean, did you have a very supportive um, people around you? Did you read certain books or are you just like a really determined guy? Like in the very, first, let's say the first year of your company, was it easy? Was it hard? Tell us about that.
1: It was tough at the beginning. Um, the key book I read in the early years was Maverick by Ricardo Semler. He's a Brazilian uh, who explained how he turned his father's uh, fridge factory from one where workers were searched on the gate every day, such as the total lack of trust, into one where the workers decided their own targets, their own uh, how they organize things, uh, who their manager was, even how much they were paid in some cases. And that transformed my outlook. And I thought, wow, you can run a company like that with that level of trust and freedom. And that's yeah. what I've tried to create.
0: No, that's, that's amazing because books are so powerful. Now for you, you specifically help companies create these happy cultures, right? What, what do you do yeah. when you walk into, let's say, I want to hire you in my company and I want to create this happy culture. What are some of the first things you would share with, with me or any executive that hires you?
1: Okay, there's, there's three key elements that I think need to be in place to create Happy workplace. It's not about free food or fuzzball tables or <laughs> these kinds of things. It's about uh it's about people's trust and freedom and the approach of the manager The key thing, three key things, get people to do what they're good at. Right? Now, Gallup has asked over a million people if every day they get to do what they're best at. And you know what? In the US it's thirty three percent. In the UK it's seventeen percent say yes to that question. Um, imagine what an organisation would be like if everybody was doing what they're best at. So I'm happy, we recruit to a job description and then we throw it away and work out what that person's actual talent is. We have team job descriptions so people can work out together what, uh, uh, what, what each one is best at. That's number one. Uh, number two is then give them the trust and freedom to make their own decisions. Um, if they're good at it, which, they, uh, you know, that's, that's the first point, Let them decide. Don't keep approving. Don't keep keep having to do that kind of thing. I'm boss of my company, but I seek to make no decisions at all. I seek to devolve any decisions down to the people who actually are the ones facing the customer and know what needs to be done. So give people full authority. And then as a manager, stop thinking you're the expert and need to make all the decisions. And instead, coach your people to find their own solution. Put those three things in place and you're on the way towards a happy workplace.
0: I couldn't agree more, Henry. I've hired and fired and worked with many, many people, whether with my clients or my own staff. And it always is what people don't realize, especially the micromanagers out there or the people that think that they know everything. What they don't realize is it's actually less stress, more fun, more fulfilling when you trust people. And that's actually an internal thing. I mean, would you say that? Like, tell me because I meet so many CEOs, they always want to micromanage and I don't think they realize that it's just easier when you actually trust your employees to have the solutions because no one knows everything. So I'm curious, when you do work with CEOs, because you've been doing it for a while, what do you tell people or share with them or show them if they are a micromanaging executive?
1: Well, you're absolutely right, Chris. It is so much easier, so much better life if you're not getting involved in everything. And that just stresses you out. Um, and actually perform, gets, gets worse solutions. So, you know, I typically, even before the pandemic, I would typically get up in the morning, um, cycle towards uh, work, stop at a cafe for a couple of hours, arrive about 11 or so, because I knew people were perfectly capable of doing their, doing their job. So, often what you need to do as CEOs is coach them to understand that all this micromanagement, all this stress, isn't actually producing the results that they want. Um, that they could put, you can share them examples of many people who simply don't work like that and that have much more effective organizations.
0: Now, let's talk about this. This is what I hated about corporate America. I, I literally left my job 20 years ago. I've never gone back. But what I hated is you had to put up a front, meaning, oh, if I only work till five, even though my work is done at three, then I'm going to look like I'm lazy. Therefore, I work until eight. So perception-wise, I work really hard. And again, for you to openly say, yeah, I just stroll into the office at eleven. How, do your employees get jealous, perhaps, or is it like, well, I want to be like that? I mean, that's the thing with this whole front-facing. That's what I hated about court America because they, there was no trust. And they, they surveys that American Express. I love the company, but like all companies, especially the bigger they get, there's a lack of trust. And again, I don't need someone to tell me when to come into work or out out of work. But unfortunately, they want you to see there because if I come in at ten, and my 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 coworker comes in at eight. This perception. So, what do you say to that in terms of companies that want to be fair, but also be mindful that this envy thing is real with employees?
1: Well, I hope over the last six months they'll have learned that they were wrong, because I know what I know. for instance, the CEO of one financial company, who would never let people work at home before the pandemic. <laughs> now he doesn't want them to return to the office because he sees how much more they get done. You know, before before the pandemic, I remember one visitor came and we. We have 25 people at Appy and there were only four people in the office and he said where's everyone else and I said I have no idea because <laughs> I didn't you know I trust them to do their job and get the work done I don't need to be watching over them I don't need to know where they are and so I'd be delighted if they work in cafes as well at 11. They know what, the, what, what work they need to do and if they need to be in the office say to deliver training then they'll be there.
0: That's amazing What's the one thing you often see that most makes the biggest difference? I know you said three, but there's always that Excalibur (laughs) or 80 20 Pareto rule where you do 20% of this and it gets 80% of your results. Any specific things? you have never such a long time. I'm always fascinated by someone like with your level of experience.
1: Yeah. It it comes down to the manager. Um, 49 in the UK, 49% of, of the working population in one survey said they would take a pay cut to be able to change their manager. It's typically the manager who gets in the way of people's happiness and their productivity. So the key thing is that the manager stops thinking that they're the expert, they're able to make the decisions, and instead coaches the people to be the best. And that may mean that some of the people who are managers at the moment stop being managers because some people just aren't any good at it.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's true. I mean, it's a, that's great advice. I really appreciate you being here, Henry. How can our guests connect with you, stay in touch with you, and obviously hire you. Um, uh, my
1: Twitter ID is Happy Henry. My email is henry at happy.co.uk or come to the website, which is www.happy.co.uk. <laughs> I
0: love it. Henry, thank you for spreading your happiness with me and our audience around the world. Have a great day. A delight. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you for listening to the Gifters podcast. If you want to learn how to turn your story into a successful speaking and online coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com to learn more.